Proverbs 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn it, hewn out its seven pillars. She has prepared her meat and mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maids, and she calls from the highest point of the city, let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment, come, eat my food, and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways, and you will live. Walk in the way of understanding. Whoever corrects a mocker invites insult. Whoever rebukes a wicked man incurs abuse. Do not rebuke a mocker, or he will hate you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Instruct a wise man, and he will be wiser still. Teach a righteous man, and he will add to his learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through me your days will be many, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. The woman folly is loud. She is undisciplined and without knowledge. She sits at the door of her house on a seat at the highest point of the city, calling out to those who pass by, who go straight on their way. Let all who are simple come in here. She says to those who lack judgment. Stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of the grave. This is the word of the Lord. Friends of God, today's passage faces us with a choice. Will you be wise or will you be foolish? And we already know the answer we want to give. Of course I want to be wise. I mean, that's the answer we should give, right? We know the answer is Jesus. We're, we're here in, in, in church. Proverbs 9 paints it as a choice between two women. Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And there are many similarities between them. They're both personified as women. They, they both, uh, as they both have been throughout uh, the first nine chapters of Proverbs, and here we're, we're coming to, the, to an end of a, of a section of Proverbs, and throughout the first nine chapters, Lady Wisdom, Lady Folly, they've been personified as women. And each of them are at their home, and each of them are, is offering food. And each of them is, is at the high point of the city, which, which is a place that, that claims importance, that claims authority. And both of them call out the exact same message to the people who pass by. Let all who are simple come to my house. You get an image here of walking through one of those ancient cities like Jerusalem or you know, Rome or, or somewhere, the, the ancient Middle East, in those narrow, crooked streets, hearing the same message coming from two different rooftops. And you look up, and you see two women, one on that side and one on that side. 
and, and they have a certain magnetism to them. They, there's a certain attraction that, that some part of you gravitates toward, and, and they're, they're calling you, they're, they're drawing you, and, and you feel pulled in their direction. They appeal to a piece of your heart. Which one will you choose? Well, of course, you're going to choose Lady Wisdom. I mean, there's, there's one choice that is awesome, and there's one choice that is less awesome. For all their similarities, there's a vast difference between them. Lady Wisdom is active. She's industrious. She's, she's built her house. She's built it not just as, as a house, but as a, as a palace. It's got seven pillars. And those pillars are magnificent and, and strong. And she owns her house. And she has servants that she sends out and, and, and sends out her message through. So she's rich. She's prepared meat. She's mixed wine and spices and honey and it's, a, it's, it's delicious wine. And in those days, most meals for the average person, they, were, they didn't have meat. Regular people didn't eat meat at, at regular meals. They, they reserved their meat for, for weddings, for celebrations, for holy meals like the Passover. But vegetables, bread, perhaps some cheese or legumes were, were the regular fare. So Lady Wisdom is holding a feast. She's holding the finest of feasts that you can have. Come, she, says, she calls out. Let all who are simple come to my house. To those who have no sense, she says, come, eat my food and drink the wine I've mixed. Leave your simple ways and you will live. Walk in the way of insight. She invites the simple. Let all who are simple come here. And the simple are, are those people who are inexperienced. They, they need instruction. They, are, they, they need to, to know more things. They're naive to the ways of the world. They're shaped by whatever gets their attention. They're, they're the kind of person that, that kind of gets distracted, like, ooh, shiny, you know, and they, they kind of go over that way. And, and all you people are, who are like that, come over here. And she offers them the way of insight. She offers them the path to life. She promises, you will not only be satisfied here, but you will be transformed into something beautiful, something that gives life. Lady Folly, on the other hand, is idle. She sits in her chair. She's loud and she's brash. She's ignorant and knows nothing. She's seductive and lures her guests in. She, she doesn't offer a feast. She offers stolen bread and water. Bread and water. And she calls out the same message. Let all who are simple come to my house. Let all who are distracted, who, who are easily following the shiny things, come over here. I'll, I'll give you something. And then she adds something a lot more sinister. She says, those who have no sense, to those who, who have no sense, stolen water is sweet. Food eaten in secret is delicious. There's a lot that, that falls into that, that statement. There's, there's sexual um, um, imagery that, that follows into that. 
And we learn something about folly and sin by, by what she says. As Raymond Van Leeuwen in his book on Proverbs says, I think it's in, no, it's not there. Sorry. As Raymond Van Leeuwen says, folly and sin are always parasitic. They always, they're, they're always parasitic of the good that God by wisdom has made. Folly takes the good and it twists them and it destroys their goodness by ripping them from their proper place. Folly has not built her house. She has stolen it. She takes what, what's good Sin and folly are, are parasites. They don't create anything but live off the good and they twist it. They, they're, they're uncreational. They're, in, they're, they're unimaginative. They just take what's there and then they give it their own spin. They're derivative, uncreative, ultimately destructive. Lady Folly offers emptiness and dissatisfaction and it leads to death. But little do they know that the dead are there, that her guests are deep in the realm of the dead. Her table does not offer transformation. It's a trap. It offers death. And of course, we don't want to choose Lady Folly. What kind of a person would do that? One's awesome, and one's less awesome. I mean, you can't even use the word awesome to describe it. It's just... Death, the way of awesomeness and the way of death. And yet in the middle of this chapter, in, in, in the, the verses in the middle, between Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly stand two kinds of people. And it's the way of the mocker, or the, the mocker and the wise man. We find ourselves in that intermediate space. Where, where do you find yourself in this text? Well, you find yourself as one of those people, the, the mocker or the wise person. Which one are you? The mocker is the person who's closed-minded. His mind is made up, and you can't change it. The mocker is filled with pride and arrogant and contemptuous of others. He submits to no one. He's the alpha male. And he attacks anyone who would get in his way. He's, he's full of himself and there's no place for anyone else, let alone God. Any attempts to correct him invites insults and abuse. And in his insecurity, he is going to lash out at you. And in the end, the mocker will be responsible for his own life of misery and suffering. Guess which lady the mocker listens to? And who really wants to be a mocker? And then there's the wise person. You know, he's, he's, the, he's the one who's teachable and has found the path to wisdom. He, he welcomes correction as an opportunity to learn and grow. And hey, I didn't know that before, and, and I've learned a new thing. He's a lifelong learner. You know, he, he never arrived. You can always learn more. In the end, the wise man will experience life in abundance. The wise man chooses the fear of the Lord. And to fear the Lord means you will have reverence for God and you give God your deepest love and your ultimate allegiance. As American pastor and, and writer A.W. Tozer says, the wise men will obviously listen to Lady Wisdom 
And I believe that the reverential fear of God mixed with love and fascination and astonishment and admiration and devotion is the most enjoyable state and the most satisfying emotion that human soul can know. In fact, fearing the Lord means counting on our fellowship with God to make us happier in the future than anything else could. Who wants to walk in the way of wisdom? I do, you do, we all do. Is there a choice here? Of course we're going to choose Lady Wisdom. It's a no-brainer. And yet, we have to admit, there's a little bit of the mocker inside of each one of us. There's a little bit of the wise person there, too. We want to be wise. We think we're wise. But often, we are not wise. Wisdom is a choice, but it's not a one-time choice. You don't, you don't just one day say, I am now a wise person. You don't live or die because of only one decision. And this is, this is that's the same way. You develop a pattern of life that ends either in death or life. I mean, it's like, you don't, you don't come to this wisdom table and put down a hundred bucks and say, there, I've paid. I'm now a wise person. No, you have quarters and nickels and dimes and every time, every turn, every decision, in every, every step you take and every day, you pay a nickel here and you pay a quarter there and you pay a dime there and, and every way that you, you go and every choice that you make, each situation asks you to choose a way of life or a way of death and we pay th- for wisdom through our many choices, our everyday choices, and we become wise by being open to God and being teachable and asking God, what are you trying to teach me through this, through this moment? But our problem is sometimes we opt for foolishness and it sets us in the wrong pattern. You know, one day in our, our office, in, in our church in Surrey, we had a woman come into a off the street in distress. She was in crisis. And she, she sat down and she said, my boyfriend is at the, at the airport in Vancouver and he needs money to get through customs. And she was convinced that he loved her and was just about to come visit her from the United States that day, but all she needed to do was send him some money so that he could get through customs at at YVR and then he could come take a taxi and visit her. And we instantly smelled a scam and we told her to call the police. And she did, and she talked to the officer. And then she shook her head and said, oh yeah, there's nobody at, at at YVR right now waiting to come to visit me. He just wants my money. And she realized her foolishness. But she just wanted to be loved. And she just wanted to to have somebody close to her. And this internet thief knew just how to tug at those heartstrings. And that's the thing about folly. It tugs at something we're looking for. We want love, but we go to the wrong places. And we want love in the places you would never expect it. And we want adventure in place of the ordinary. And we want somewhere to go, or something to go fantastically well. 
I mean, come on, those guys, that guy over there, it's gone fantastically well for him. Why can't it go fantastically well for me? I'm, I'm going to do this thing. And I want it to, that, inv- that investment to work out. Even though, you know, if it sounds too good to be true, you know what they say, it isn't. And our spidey senses tingle, but we ignore it. And we want to keep on doing the same things yet look for different results. And Lady Folly says, eat it. It's so sinful. Forbidden fruit tastes the best. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. And we experience the shame that such foolishness will always bring. Because, of course, the, the choice we face is, is it's, I mean, sure, it's a no-brainer, but it's not just a brain thing. It's your heart. It's, it's, a, it's a choice we make in our hearts. And that can go either way. As Jeremiah says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? It's a pretty, pretty bleak picture of our hearts, but there it is. Our hearts are prone to being deceitful, beyond cure, unpredictable. That means our choice of the right path isn't always the one we take. Our heads say, yeah. Our hearts say, well, maybe there's something to it. There's always something deep within us that needs to be addressed. And unless our hearts are transformed, we will always be prone to foolishness. And the good news of the gospel The great news of the gospel today for you is God knows this about us. God knows that about your heart and my heart. He knows our brokenness. He knows our hearts have this tendency to foolishness and he came to save us from our foolish hearts and give us new hearts that are wise and will choose the right. We don't come to Christ because we're so wise and well, we're so humble and and we're so teachable. We come to Christ because we're foolish and we're proud and he receives us. And he says, yeah, you're right. That's who you are, but I'm going to take you and when you eat at my table, I'm going to transform you. And I'm going to help you from this foolishness into wisdom. Jesus comes to us where we are and he calls us to a new life through his instruction and his discipleship, through his correction and call, we can become wise. When we worship him, we begin the path toward wisdom because worship expresses that wonder and we lose ourselves in God and we drop our pride and our selfishness. And as we worship, our pride-filled hearts submit our lives to him. And through his Holy Spirit, God gives us a new heart that will learn the path of wisdom. And through the Holy Spirit, we learn to discern the wise and the foolish path. As Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, as for everyone who comes to me and hears my word, words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the, do- the, the torrent struck that house, but it could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on, this, on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. The parable of the wise and foolish builder. 
Don't build your house on, or on the sand. Build your house upon the rock. Jesus gives us the ability to be a wise builder of our lives. He offers us the foundation for a life that can withstand the storms and the floods of life. And his word and his spirit can guide us in each moment when we have to choose which path to follow. We can choose the way of wisdom when we choose every day the path of Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you that you know us and you take us as we are. And even when we've been foolish, you come and you forgive us. And by your spirit, you make us wise and you place us on that path of wisdom. Help us as you call us in Ephesians to walk in the way of wisdom, to walk in the way of the light, to walk in the way of love, Lord, these are the paths of righteousness and truth and wisdom. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on Jesus so that we will walk in that way. In Jesus' name, amen.